Hello and welcome to episode 156 of the Redbox Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVD releases for Redbox. I'm your host, Bob Phelan. And I'm your co-host, Joel Phelan. And on this episode, we're going to be taking a look at one intense drama and one ridiculous comedy. The drama is The Night Before, a serious story about three friends who decide to celebrate their last Christmas together. And Room, the joyous, hilarious story of a mom and her son trapped in a room who escape and hilarity ensues. Yeah. But yeah. As you could tell, I still got laryngitis. Just haven't quite recovered in the ten minutes we spent in between episodes. <laughs> so yeah, just hang in there with me. Uh, also, I mentioned it at the end of the last episode, but I wanted to bring it up up top because maybe a lot of people didn't get to the end of the last episode. But uh, Letterboxd, L E T T E R B O X D dot com, my favorite website of all time now has an iPhone app that is really tremendous. So anyone that was not uh, being a member of Letterboxd before has no excuse now. You should really check it out at the App Store and and uh, sign in. Follow me at the, the Oriole Report if you do. All but right. what's up, man? Not much. Ready to get into some movies? Absolutely. I believe... Uh we watched the trailer, the room, right? Or room? Yeah, we did. We did, and I can't. And the night before, probably. And I can't remember what we said about either of them. Um, I think we said interested sea room, cool concept. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know what we said about a Christmas one. It's a good thing we keep track of this stuff. Yeah, I'm. I. Actually, I think I wrote it down at some point, but I don't <laughs> Still know didn't it's not stick. worth looking for. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we'll start with Room, which uh, was nominated for Best Picture. Also nominated and won the award for Best Actress for Brie Larson. And was, I bl- maybe Lenny Abramson, the director, was nominated. I can't remember, and I don't feel like looking it up right this second, so... Take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> had a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Critically acclaimed. I was looking forward to it. It wasn't like something I was excited to see, but I definitely, anytime a movie gets that good of reviews and nominations, I'm definitely up for watching it. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. I was, uh, once I realized what it was, I remember. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> wrong it's choking you up already. Yeah. It's a tearjerker. Um, I don't know. I was interested to watch it. It wasn't on the top of my list. Sort of forgot about it. But I expected it to be decent. And what did you think, ultimately? It was a pretty good movie. Yeah, it really was. Smart. It was a really good movie, I thought. Um, You have... Lenny Abrahamson directing it. Uh, Jacob Tremblay plays the son. It's basically the whole movie is shot from his perspective. I think he's in every single shot or at least scene. Yeah. And obviously Brie Larson is the mom and Joan Allen is the grandma. And really from a performance standpoint, 
Everybody was awesome. I Absolutely. think she um, definitely William deserved the too, is the dad, but he's not in it much. No, William H. Macy. Oh, my God, yeah. From I'm Shameless, thinking, right? Freaking, uh, we were just talking about Boondock Saints. <laughs> yeah, in the last episode. But yeah, I've done that. He kind of mm-hmm. didn't. I was surprised he kind of fell out of the picture so fast, but yeah. But yeah, I like the main kid. How it's in his perspective, like he was incredible. Because if his performance didn't work, the whole movie doesn't work. And yeah, absolutely crucial. Luckily for the movie, it worked tremendously. I'm actually surprised he wasn't nominated for a Academy Award. Seems hard for kids to get nominated. Yeah, I feel like uh, the kid from that Netflix movie, Beast in Their Nation, one of the best yeah. film performances it's, I've ever seen. And it's weird in the same year, two incredible kid performances. They should have like a category for that. <laughs> yeah, best Maybe child not performance every year. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting how certain years there's like you see it. A bunch of one thing that you haven't seen in, in like a few years. Yeah. But yeah, I think I, I remember like spies. Yeah, exactly. There was like ten spy movies last year. Yeah. Uh, I think when we did prejudgment day for Room, we thought this was a daughter <laughs> because obviously, yeah. without knowing, and like it's just everyone in the movie gets that mixed up as well yeah it's just a kid who's never cut his hair so it's really long like a girl's I guess yeah well I guess should we do like the premise oh yes please (laughs) Um, completely forgot so I guess you don't really exactly know what's going on in the very beginning Uh, I had sort of forgotten about it I was thinking they were in like jail somehow (laughs) I didn't really know what their angle on, like, how real the world was yeah. was going to exactly be. But basically, this girl gets kidnapped when she was, like, a teenager, and she's just held in a room. Pretty much a prison cell. It has yeah. uh, one skylight window, and the guy comes in, I guess, every night at a certain time. But I guess uh, she gets pregnant, and uh, when the film starts she has her kid he's turning five actually yeah on that particular day and basically they have to live together in a room and she has to lie to him so i guess the world doesn't seem so cruel like uh basically tells him that tv is just like magic yeah tv isn't real and the room is everything and it's kind of a psychological journey for a good portion of the movie about her trying to tell him what's real and him not understanding and uh, yeah. and it's, the movie's all in the room and then they get out. Yeah, and that's not a spoiler because that happens like at the I end of the I think they showed that act. in the trailer, actually. Yeah, I think we were surprised that they showed that. But it happens fairly early in the movie and really it's not about... Like, that's not as big of a moment as what comes after, like, and just how they deal yeah. with life back in the real world, and for him, the first time out of that room. And, yeah. like you said, with the TV, I kind of, I bought that, and a bunch of other stuff, how they showed uh, a kid's perspective, because my daughter, she's always like, I want to go in the TV, 
like she feels like like she thinks the TV is a different world. Like, yeah, because I forget what I was saying. Like, I was at the baseball game, or we went to the baseball game last year. We were watching the baseball game. Like, we were in the TV. <laughs> you know, like don't really <laughs> understand. So I like yeah. a lot of that kind of stuff with this movie. They got right as far as kids and how they interpret things. Yeah, and it's weird how kids, because I remember doing this, like, you'll kind of ask what something is, and either they won't hear you, and they'll just say something, or they'll just kind of kitty it up for you. Yeah. And it's weird how kids will hang on to that. Yep. Like, they will get confused about a word, like, associated with something completely different, just because they had heard something years ago or something. But, uh, so yeah, I mean, that aspect's pretty believable, and... I thought the pacing was pretty good for what the movie was. Yeah. Like, this well movie paced. could have been really bad pretty easily if it wasn't treated right. I agree. It's sort of not about, not that it's not about anything, but it's just about people trying to deal with being normal, essentially, after yeah. something so traumatic. It's incredible how she's so tough and... Actually, she seems more normal while she's in captivity than when she escapes, which kind of makes a lot of sense when you think about your just natural defense mechanisms and survival instincts. Yeah, and I like how they show from both sides. Like, I guess it's always from the kid's perspective, but like looking at the mom, like she went through all that, and when she gets out of all that, she's just expected to like be great like back to normal finally like instantaneously yep exactly like I, I guess it shows the just shallowness of when people are comfortable like compared to that like they just don't understand why mm -hmm. she's not like super friendly or uh, I don't know sort of and like the dad yeah. being like mad about the son yeah and that's I think one of the best things the movie does is like the first half an hour, they immerse you so well into their world that, like, you can't even. You, at least for me personally, I didn't even start thinking about that kind of stuff. Like, oh, that's like, if they get out, that's going to be weird yeah. that it's a rape victim, but it's still her son. Like that kind of stuff, I didn't start thinking about until she got out and had to start facing that stuff. Exactly, like you're watching the movie like she's living in yeah. the beginning. Like, you're just trying to get by day to day, hour exactly. to hour. Exactly. You're just like, and what that are they going to do next? What are they going to do next? Yeah, and that's like what you have to accept. And I feel like they did a good job of getting us, like the viewer, to yeah. accept that as well. And, certainly, and then when they get... Yeah, once they escape, it's like you start thinking of the big picture stuff and just all the... <laughs> exactly. Did you cut out on um, Okay. Yeah. Good job, though. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and again... I, I don't know. They're all very human responses, too. It's not, like, overdone or underdone. No. And even, like, you don't even realize how small the room they were stuck in is until they go back to it later on in the movie. Yeah, I wonder if they did any kind of different camera work subtly in the beginning to kind of make it seem like it was bigger. Yeah. I mean, it still looks small, but when you go back, it's like, holy crap. It's a shed, you know yeah. what I mean? It kind of seemed like a little, a little homier 
in the beginning. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that escape scene, man, that was pretty intense. <laughs> yeah, I was I was almost frustrated with that. I'm like, you have one thing to do. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I totally understand. It's, that's me being kind of a jerk, but it's sort of like what I'm going through in my head. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, that was intense. <laughs> like, first, you have to pretend he's dead, and then you get him out in the car, and he's... In the world, literally, for the first time. Yeah. It has to be mind-blowing. And he just... Which it was. He gets out, and you're like, oh my god, like, what is the best thing to do? Just get somebody, whatever. But even more than being scared for him, I'm scared for the mom, because the guy takes off, and I'm thinking, oh, she's dead. Absolutely. I would. I definitely was thinking she was dead. Yeah. Or something. And I guess she just skipped town instead of going for vengeance. But man, that was that was a great scene for sure. Now I'm looking back. That's a Boston movie. It was it. Yeah, it's suburbs stuff. Oh, nice. Because they're in Boston after, like when they're in the hospital and stuff. Yeah. So. That's cool. Yeah, honorable mention. <laughs> For the last episode. Top yeah. five. Um, if you didn't hear it, check it out. <laughs> exactly. Speaking more to like the kids stuff, or the kids perspective thing, I didn't think they got... I thought they did very well with it overall, but at certain times, it got a little too cute, I felt like. And baby, the narration. Babied it up a tiny bit, a little bit too much. I thought the narration thing was cool in the trailer. Because I guess I sort of assumed it was just for the trailer. But after they used that a couple times, I'm like, you're you're uh, almost pandering for sympathy when you don't really need it. Yeah, because when they well, aren't doing that, it's working so well already. It's so realistic and immersive that doing that really took me out yeah, of yeah. the movie. I agree with you. And it just shows how great kids' imaginations can be. The way, yeah. Especially that opening shot when it's going all the way around the room. And it just, you know. The way, he, even yeah. when he gets out, he like he doesn't know what to do. He's so used to being confined to one spot. He kind of just wants to stick to, to his guns. He actually like wants to go back. Yeah. Initially. It's like, when are we going back to the room? And that actually made me sad because we're about to, we just are in the process of selling our house and getting a new one. And I'm thinking, oh God, this is the only home my daughter's ever known. Like, I'm sure at some point when we're in our new house, she's going to say something like, can we go back to our house? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I'm so, oh man, that would get me. Yeah. <laughs> she She's at a good age to move, honestly, because I moved a lot. Yeah. You know, and... That's sort of the age that you kind of... That'll really be her... What, your new home will be what she remembers the most. Yeah. It'll be the majority of her life. And exactly. Why not? Especially Brady, too. I mean, he's not even a year old, so... Yeah. Um, but I, I liked how this movie showed how it affects everyone else, not just the people that were involved from what we saw. Like, you see how it affects the dad with William H. Macy and 
how they've been divorced in the time since and how different people handle that kind of situation differently. Yeah, it you can definitely see all the stress involved on all sides. Yeah. Even like the police and like lawyers and people that aren't even really characters, you can kind of see. Yeah, it doesn't directly affect them, but it does. You know what I mean? Yeah, that they did really well with the doctor. Yeah, I think in that respect. Like that's one thing I didn't even think of was how this kid, five years old, never had an immunity to anything. I thought, yeah, like like Bubble Boy. Yeah, like he has to be, you know, given all these shots and just monitored for a while before he can even go outside with any normalcy. That's that was crazy. Yeah. Um, and it's it's pretty crazy as well towards the, you can't really spoil anything about this movie yeah it's more about um, the experience of watching it yeah he get makes a friend after probably a few months of being out yeah. maybe a year it, it's just soccer. amazing how kids can just adapt exactly so well because if it, if he was in there for like 20 years or something it came out as like an adult like wouldn't be as easy yeah, it's like, it's like if a few years passes for us, we have like some kind of nostalgia attached to whatever we used to be doing. It's, I guess kids don't have that, mm-hmm. so they can just actually move forward easier. And it sort of shows that, you know what I mean? They yeah. go back to room and he's over it. And again, it's, I think that comes back to just the natural survival instincts of someone that age, like yeah. just. <laughs> Because if they don't do that, it's going to fuck them up pretty bad. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. I thought, let's see. Oh, yeah. As far as, like, the stepdad, he's, like, the nicest guy in the world. For some reason, I was, like, really suspicious of him. Yeah, he is a little out of place. Maybe not literally. I don't know. Because it just, like, shows him, oh, he's alone with the kid. He's being too nice. He's just being too nice. Something has to be up with this guy. Which eventually, and especially in retrospect, he ends up being one of the more interesting other characters. Because he's sort of like not so attached to the kid that he gives him enough space. Yeah, and at the and same time, he's not like judgy either. So He's not judging, and he's also not just ignoring the situation. Yeah. Which seemed to be that's sort of what I thought he would do but it ended up being reversed yeah especially since uh, it was William H. Macy or whatever being such a big actor or whatever you would think he's in the movie so he's getting screen time yeah but I feel like we should talk about Brie Larson's performance a little bit more because she did such yeah, a great oh, yeah. job I like how I mean she showed it's it's harder to be out of that than situation to be in it in some cases. And I like the scene when she did a TV interview for some cash or whatever. That was a pretty crazy yeah. situation. Yeah, people... That's crazy. I mean, that thing made me so mad. Like, yeah. I felt so mad for her. Yep. Because the way I was thinking about it is I'm going to trust the man that kidnapped me and had me captive to safely deliver my son to where you yeah. know what I mean like I don't know yeah and I, I don't know and I totally get her perspective from like yeah this 
kid came out of a very bad situation, but he's still my son and taking care of him his whole life and all that. Like, yeah, that has to be still gave him everything. Yeah, that's such a crazy situation. Yeah, but it would be something stupid stupid that like a news person would say oh yeah for sure and uh yeah i don't know she's a great actress she's been great in a lot of movies and it was yeah it's hard to uh individually praise her yeah i'm just glad she's getting such an experience Yeah. yeah but another great scene before we close up is uh when he gets his first haircut yeah. And he just tells his grandma that he loves her for the first time. It's the first time he still ever told anyone other than his mom that. And that, well, that was pretty, uh, it like came out of nowhere. It was such a small moment, but it was like, that was one of the only times where I actually started to get teared up a little bit. Yeah, that was, that whole part, that's when his mom's away, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's just uh, Joe and Alan taking care of, of the kid. Yeah, I felt like that was one of the more important parts of the movie. Yeah, and one definitely. of my favorite little sections. Yeah, me Very too. subtle, too. Yeah, definitely. But that's pretty much all I got. How about yeah. you? Uh, yeah, that's about it for me on that one. Uh huh. Everything was great, except for the uh, narration. Yeah, narration got a little irritating at times, but that's kind of a nitpick. Uh, I guess it'd be a. I want to give it an eight. It would be a definite solid seven and a half, a light eight for me. Yeah, I'm gonna give it either. I've been between heavy eight, light eight and a half, that area. I just it's not as sappy or manipulative as it could be. And uh, yeah, but at the same time, I thought it would like affect me emotionally more. But I guess I was so caught up in. And what was going on, I didn't really have time to process it, much like uh, she didn't have time. Yeah. Uh, I guess it, I'll go <sighs> light eight and a half. Why not? I'd accept that. I mean, for me, part of my judgment was this might be a movie worth watching twice. But I don't know. I don't feel like I missed anything. And I have, not in a bad way, but I have no desire to ever watch it again. Yeah, I don't know if I want to put myself through that and watch that again. Not yeah, like in a bad way, but it's almost like... Uh, you experienced just, it once, it's not going to be... Yeah. And not every movie is something that needs to be rewatched. It can still be great as a first-time watch. Yeah. It's not even necessarily a complaint. It's just No, yeah, exactly. Even though... <laughs> Thank you, Lionsgate. I got the review copy, and it's a good one. It's a nice one for my collection. Absolutely. I'll probably be letting people borrow it left and right, get them to watch it. All right. Let's move on to the comedy, The Night Before, starring Seth Rogen, (laughs) Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Anthony Mackie, directed by Jonathan Levine, also co-starring Michael Shannon in a great great role yeah but uh 67% on Rotten Tomatoes this is a comedy like I said three friends who JGL his parents died or at least one of them uh on Christmas Eve 
I believe one year as kids and just ever ever since they've been celebrating Christmas Eve together as three yeah. friends, even though one of them's Jewish, and just make a tradition of it, go crazy, and then this is the last one as they're getting older, so they're just really going to go nutso, try to find some insane party, yeah. and comedy ensues. What were your I expectations? Did not have good expectations for this movie. I'm oh, really? As much as I like, like all the guys and... I don't know. I just expect it to be mediocre. I, I haven't liked uh, those guys' movies as much lately, lately yeah. as I used to. I'm with you. But what did you think? Um, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I liked it as well. I didn't love yeah, it, it w- but it was pretty good. Yeah, it wasn't amazing, but it was definitely... Uh, I'll probably start watching it around Christmas. Yeah, might as well. It's a, uh, it's a little bit Harold and Kumari, sort of reminded me of that, especially since they did a Christmas one. Yeah, but it's definitely a movie on its own, and it's got a lot of good moments. It's laugh out loud funny. Yeah, it wasn't as funny General. as um, I would have expected it to be for a movie that I liked as much. Like, Seth Rogen, all his parts, I thought, were actually pretty funny. Yeah, uh, yeah, I should have clarified. More so with him, the rest of the people are funny, but they're funny in, a, like, a... Actory way. ...experienced <laughs> kind of way. Like, yeah. You're like, oh, that's funny, but you don't... To me, like, well. you can tell who's the comedian and who's just a charismatic actor who likes comedy, you know? Like... yeah. Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Anthony Mackie both did a great job, I felt like. But they were more... Just being charismatic and authentic, you know? Yeah, and I don't think the script really made them be laugh-out-loud funny. I think their characters were just supposed to be odd enough that it was funny with the mixture of personalities and whatnot. Yeah, and it worked pretty well. But like yeah. I said, Michael Shannon... Not amazing. Homer steals the show as a drug <laughs> Absolutely. dealer. Absolutely. We should have waited on our top five Michael Shannon movies. This is on it. <laughs> yeah. He was awesome. He's so weird. He's, you don't know what to think of him, especially at first. He's almost like a bad guy in a way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he flushes out... It, He's got yeah. he's such an amazing character. The way his arc ends up is just amazing. And I never thought, like, to put him in a comedy. He's so serious and, like, weird. But yeah. it works perfectly. In a weird yeah, exactly. Way. He's not uh, acting as, like, a comedian. He's being the same yeah. type of character in a way that But he you can tell is. he's self-aware enough, you know, to make it work. Yeah, it's oh, great. yeah. It's great. <laughs> I want to see him in more comedies for sure. Yeah, he definitely would be good. Um, it, I did like. Not only are they like different, like literally, like li- like let's face it, they just got a regular white America guy, a Jewish guy, and a black guy. Yeah, they cover all their bases. But what's really interesting is the type of characters they are. Like, uh, 
Seth Rogen gets is about to have a baby and his wife's really happy with what he's been doing so she literally just buys him a box <laughs> full of assorted drugs yeah and that's like his journey and uh Jordan goes just love it kind of yeah sorry he's kind of like emotionally detached and dealing with making the night perfect being weird I don't know and yeah. then the other guy is uh like a professional athlete that just got good when he was like 34 or something <laughs> yeah. and he's like big on social media and trying to suck up to the bigger name players exactly and he's trying to distance himself from his just nerdy white friends or whatever they said yeah <laughs> that's hilarious but uh I don't know it's definitely a movie made for our generation like playing N64 and oh yeah like uh humor wise like all the little nostalgia hits are generally from us growing yeah. up I guess yeah the drug humor is always big whenever Seth Rogen is involved <laughs> yeah and uh, uh one of the best parts of the movie is when he's in that bathroom at the bar just <laughs> recording a message for himself in the future. Yeah, that was pretty good. The baby. Kill you. <laughs> What's it kill the baby? I don't know. It's something crazy. Yeah. Like and I also love the church scene. Yeah, when it's Jewish. He's got a big Star David sweater on. And baby's talking to him. and Yeah, that's just great stuff. Great stuff. But, yeah. yeah. JGL, his storyline with the dead parents, I mean, it was a little more, like I said, authentic and just more like a romantic comedy kind of storyline, but he's so charismatic, he pulled it off. Yeah. His and character I, was definitely my least favorite, but... Yeah, yeah. I still enjoyed his character. Like, he pulled it off good enough. That it was... I didn't. Yeah. He was very white bread, you know, just... Just plain, exactly what you would expect. But like you said, he's he's able to carry that. And I like Lizzie Kaplan as his love interest. She's a good actress. Yeah. Uh, uh, who's the other girl, her friend? They were kind of like a good match with each other. Yeah, uh, wasn't it... Um, What's her God, name? It's Mindy. Mindy Kaling, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's funny. Oh, that's hilarious when he has her phone, uh, Seth Rogen, his <laughs> yeah. phone, and they exchange it. That's what I'm saying, like, Seth Rogen had all the funny parts, and who who was the guy, it was James Franco, right? James Franco. Uh, yeah, it was James Franco, it was, a, like, they fully show it, just sending dick pics, and he's, like, he's tripping so much that he's like, man, I've... Yeah, I've never sucked a dick before. But I, I think tonight's the night. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he thinks he's gay or something. He's like yeah. competing against her for this guy. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. Well, at first when he has the phone, he doesn't realize it's not his phone. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. He yeah. thinks some guy that he met is. He's like, when did this happen? He's like, maybe I am gay and I just get accepted. Yeah, I think tonight's the night. Great they, stuff. Suck a dick. <laughs> but yeah, after it's all cleared up, they exchange phones, and then he's still competing for Gene Franco because he's like cool with it. <laughs> yeah. <It's>, <laughs> <laughs> You're being such a cock block right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, let's yeah. see. I like how it basically shows fear of growing up, having kids. That's definitely a real fear. Oh, yeah. And I like how, like, it says he's acting calm, but really he's even more freaked out on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> that made her un- more uncomfortable that he wasn't freaking out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought the movie had, like, a lot of ups and downs. It wasn't the best paced movie when it was no, good. definitely not. It was really good. And then there would be lulls where it just wasn't as interesting to me. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of peaks and valleys. I totally agree. The good parts were awesome, but yeah, it didn't know how to spread itself out, I guess. Yeah, and like you said, as a Christmas movie, I think it will be one that hopefully it's played on like HBO or something around the holidays every year and can check it out. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I like the message that Christmas can be important no matter what your beliefs or background are, because... I'm not a super. I'm not really that religious, and I love Christmas. Like it's just a good yeah. time to just, I don't know, get together, feel good. I think it's becoming more of like a secular holiday. Yeah, like I don't know, it's not ex- exclusionary. At least to me, it's not. Yeah, it's just about absolutely. that mood, that the season. I don't know. I love yeah, it. It's just kind of about putting things aside and just enjoying. Yep. What's around you in a way. Realizing what you got. For sure. You said our podcast doesn't have a message. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) We are. I don't know. We are the world. I was going to say maybe I should shift this over to the uh, religious category on iTunes. Yeah, the Red Cross. Red Cross. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> We're here to save nations in strife. <laughs> We're here to send cans of beans to all kinds of countries. I, <laughs> yeah. I would give The Night Before a, seven, a solid 7 out of 10. I enjoyed the movie. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it to everyone, but if you're into comedies, they're especially Seth Rogen, definitely check it out. Yeah, if you like any of his movies, you'll like this one. Uh, I agree. I almost wanted to give it a seven and a half, but there's too many lulls. I'll probably have to go with the seven as well. And not much interesting going on visually or, like, from a just technical standpoint. Basically, you're either going to like it or not. Like, it's either not your type of movie or you already know it's your type of movie. Yeah. If that makes any sense, like, with those guys. Exactly. Basically, if you're sensitive. Not that it's that outrageous of a movie. Nah, it's With right. Christmas and drug use and stuff like that. <laughs> Who doesn't get alerted on streams on Christmas Eve? Yeah, I don't... I, don't, I can't remember one that I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, let's talk about the best Seth Rogen has to offer overall. Right. I'll start it off. Let's do it. My number five. First of all, I like Seth Rogen overall. Like he's good. It's good yeah, communicator. I... He's reliable. You kind of know the shtick he's going to give you, but it's good, so it's not that big a deal. Yeah. But my number five. Observe and report. I think is a very uh-huh. under, very underrated comedy. 
dark comedy. Extremely underrated. The one of my favorite endings, or at least not ending <laughs> endings, but like close to ending. Yeah. Uh, just shock value alone is just like unbelievable. Um, I don't want to ruin it because if you haven't seen it, you have to check it out. Yep. You know um, what I'm talking about. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> uh, my number five, I actually put uh, the night before. Nice. I don't nice. usually like to put them in my list, but I liked it. Awesome. My number four is the 40-year-old virgin. Judd Apatow movie. I think Seth yeah. Rogen is best when he's working with Judd Apatow. Um, yeah, everyone knows this movie. It's hilarious. Yep. Uh, my number four is Knocked Up. Yep. <laughs> um, One of my favorites, for sure. I I love this movie. I didn't like it as much as everyone else when it came out, but sort of like on a Seth Rogen scale, like out of his movies. Not my favorite of his movies, but yeah. still a great movie. Agreed. <clears throat> My number three is Funny People. Judd Apatow movie starring Adam Sandler, Seth Rogen. Oh, man. I forgot he was in that movie. Yeah, and it's a movie I've talked about before, but I think it's very underrated. I think it holds its own as just a regular old movie drama type deal, and I think it's really funny when when it's trying to be. So, very underrated movie. Check it out if you have it. Your list is making me totally rethink my list. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> Blew my mind. <laughs> my number three is Pineapple Express. Um, I'd like it slightly more knocked up, although I was kind of disappointed with the movie when it came out because I thought it was going to be a lot better than it was. Yeah, I think it's overrated. I love the first I, half. I agree with you, honestly. I love the first half when it's basically just a straight-up comedy. I think it's pretty darn funny. But yeah. The second half's not bad, per se, but I just don't like that action beat that they were doing. I going totally for. agree with you. They should have kind of just kept it with a goofy pot comedy. Yeah. Kind of but went a little... People love it, so... Yeah. My number two is super bad. Also, my number two. One of my favorite... Comedy, like theater going experiences, laughed. Probably the second most I've laughed in theaters, only to bore at. Uh, it's just, it's hilarious. And especially at the time I saw it, was like closer to high school age. And it's, yeah, it, it just nails perfect. it. It nails it. McLovin. <laughs> yeah. Very quotable movie. For sure. 100%. My number one. Here. Everyone knows what my number one's going to be. It's knocked up. Basically. <laughs> I want this movie to knock me up, apparently. Like, it's how much I like it. I got nothing to say. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> My number one is not a comedy. So, the Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street? Is he in it? Oh, my God. Not the Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that's Jeremy <laughs> Hill, man. Yeah, that's actually from another list, but... Uh... <laughs> This whole interview, I guess. <laughs> but really, honestly, like funny people or whatever would be on there, but I just totally uh, 
forgot about that movie. So, people do, people do. The interview, although it was like, I don't know if it was such a good movie that it should have caused an international incident. Right, right. But it was a good movie. Like, I actually laughed out loud a good amount. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't love it, but it's like a seven. A pretty, it's similar to the night before for me. I mean, I thought it had its moments for sure. <laughs> That's hilarious. I had Wolf Walsh on there. <laughs> it was because I was looking up something else from him earlier. <laughs> I guess when I was doing my list, I had the wrong tab up. I was like, oh, man, he's that movie. I thought you were going to say Steve Jobs, and then I hear the Wolf of Wall Street. Like, I have Steve Jobs as a honorable mention. I'm like, is this whole list bullshit? You're putting someone else, like, is this a Jonah <laughs> Hill list you're just re- repeating? It reminds me of, like, the Napster and Kazaa days. People would just, like, mislabel stuff to get you to download it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I remember I used to think all these songs were, like, by Bob Marley or someone that was just... If it was a reggae song, someone put it as Bob Marley. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you have any other honorable mentions? No, I had a... It was supposed to be the interview Steve Jobs. <laughs> I guess funny people. <laughs> and uh, Observe and Report as well. Nice. My list is fucked. <laughs> Let's be honest. Basically, I'm just an IMDB for his decent movies in a particular order. Getting a peek behind the curtain here. This is the second episode. So True. That is very chalk true. Chalk it up as that. <laughs> uh, my honorable mentions are 50-50, The Cancer Movie, also that. with JGL. Really good. Kung Fu Panda, 21 Sorry. Jump Street, and This is the End. Alright. Yeah. Oh, Real quick, pre-judgment day, if you happen to see it. The Sausage Party trailer? Oh, no, I haven't. I watched it. It's, um... I t- heard of it. I hadn't. Yeah, R-rated 3D animation movie where they play food that is, like, psyched to get chosen at the grocery store from the, the gods. And then... <laughs> brutally come to the realization that it's not what they think has like baby carrots are getting thrown into like eating they're like Jesus Christ they're children <laughs> like it seems it seems pretty funny if I'm gonna be honest I just like the idea of hey you know cartoon like that it's them it's, I think it's Seth Rogen and uh I was gonna say it seems like uh or, no, I was thinking, uh, I was going to say the guy who made Ted almost seems like. <laughs> yeah, Seth MacFarlane. Yeah. No, it's like the same team behind 50-50 and um, maybe another movie I'm forgetting, but uh, Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen, I believe. <laughs> Looks, I'm going to have to check that trailer out. Yeah, for sure. Looks pretty hilarious. All right, let's talk about what else we watched. Did you have anything? Or? Um, I don't know if I mentioned it. I finally watched Princess Mononoke. Oh, really? Yeah. Amazing. I can't believe it took me so long to watch. Yeah, it's really good. I just started re-watching uh, Cowboy Bebop, and that popped up, so I watched it. I wasn't even... I was just like, I'm going to see if this is in English. 
uh, I tried to watch it one time on a website or something. It was all in Japanese. I can't keep my focus all the time. I love Studio Ghibli movies, and that one's amazing. Really, really well, well done. I'm trying to remember the. They're so easy on the eyes. Yeah, even if besides the fact they're great. Even if the story doesn't capture you, you could just stare at the screen and just enjoy what's going on visually. Yeah. I forget the comparison I was making when I was watching it, especially early on in the movie, but maybe Game of Thrones, something that made a lot of sense. <laughs> I can't. I heard they're um, redoing a decent amount of his... Uh, none of his movies are really obscure, but the ones that aren't Princess Mononoke or what's it, Howl's Moving Castle and Spirited Away. Yep. I think are the three big ones. But I think they're coming out with like a DVD pack or something for Studio Ghibli. That's cool. I cool. still gotta catch up on like some of the smaller ones. Or at least not smaller ones, but lesser new. Yeah, I've been trying to like purchase like some Blu-rays, but they're one of those ones that only so many got printed because it wasn't retardedly popular at the time and you gotta pay like 80 bucks or something like that to get the actual Blu-ray. Yeah. So, them re-releasing it is nice. It has something to do with who owns, like, the distributing rights and all that stuff. Did you ever see his last one? What was it called? Um, Miyazaki's last movie with the airplanes. (laughs) Uh, I don't think so. Hold on, I'm gonna find it. The wind rises. Oh, I heard mixed things about it. It's amazing. It's my favorite Studio Ghibli movie, definitely. Really? Yeah, it's awesome. Check it out for sure. Definitely. All right, I'll talk about some classics movies that I watched that I recorded on TMC. (laughs) Nice. First up, (coughs) excuse me. The Maltese Falcon. This is a classic film noir from, I want to say, 1946, uh, starring Humphrey Bogart. And it's great. I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. Really? Um, Yeah. It just has a really cool vibe to it. I like the performance that's going on from uh, Bogart. He had, I think, God, I hope it's Bogart or I'm going to feel really dumb. (laughs) (laughs) I think it is. And every time he gets angry, he does this thing where he, like, smiles, where it looks like he's about to laugh, and then he kind of lashes out. It's it's just interesting. Uh, But, yeah, I don't really have a lot to say about it necessarily, but it's been a while since I watched it, but I definitely, I liked it quite a bit. Eight out of ten. That's Really? That's yeah. cool because I try to appreciate older movies and sometimes I just can't get past like some of the habits they had. Yeah. This like, one is definitely like I mean, maybe ahead of its time, I don't know. But it it wasn't like some of the other ones I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, like the one famous actress, I forget what her name is. I, I can't stand how she talks. Like it's so uh, put upon and like, <laughs> yeah. like, like the her newsies yeah, for, from the 20s. 
Yeah, I forget what it's called. It's something they used to teach theater people. I read about it. Yeah, it's it, just like it's an a acting mix style. between English and American, and it's really pronounced and it seems really cheesy now, I guess. But yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's the thing I noticed. Like with old movies, it seems like they're a lot longer than they actually are. Like I'll yeah. be watching a black and white movie from I don't know the forties or fifties, and it's been forty five minutes. So I feel like the movie should be over, but then there's another forty five minutes or so. I don't know why. Are the uh, older movies? On average, a bit shorter than modern ones, or am I making that up? You might be making it up, but I I feel like maybe like the average is probably a little bit lower. Yeah, I feel like, like I it know, has to be. It has to be. There's some really long ones from back then too. Yeah, yeah. But, I think you're right. Because I mean, you got freaking Batman vs Superman two hours and forty minutes <laughs> coming up. You know. Yeah. That's crazy, but um. Next up is the Alfred Hitchcock classic, Strangers on a Train. And I love this as well. I love this even more than the Maltese Falcon. I'm a big fan of Hitchcock. I mean, I've only seen like seven of his movies, but the rumor is true. He's pretty good. Oh, I was thinking you were talking about uh, what's it called? the Midnight Express or something. Meat. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's a, a movie that was inspired by him. Really? It isn't actually. Yeah. This is about, two, like, at, at least it seems like two guys that are just on a train, strangers on a train, knocking just to start talking to each other, and it's like all of a sudden, hey, you murder my dad, and I'll murder your wife or whatever, you know, like, it's the perfect crime. Who could ever suspect a stranger, you know, to yeah. do this for you? And then it kind of goes from there where there's twists and turns. Um, <laughs> and uh, a classic Hitchcock, it's just a thriller and a caper. and Goes into some interesting places. I don't want to spoil it. I know it's super old and all, but I mean, I hadn't yeah. seen it before this, so I'm sure there are other people that haven't. Including you. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I loved it. It's one of my... It's pro- it's not my favorite Hitchcock that I've seen. That's probably North by Northwest and Dal M for Murder. I really like those. But I probably... I give it an 8.5 out of 10. I liked it better wow. than uh, the one that's considered, like, the best... Vertigo. I liked it better than Vertigo, which was really good as well. I have to check his movies out. I mean, of course I know the name, but... Never <laughs> yeah. actually. I just recently started watching them, and they really hold up, for sure. Really. Next up is the Marlon Brando. I guess it's a, yeah, it's classic on the waterfront. Um, have you heard of this? No. By the way, Catherine Hepburn. That's who I was talking about. Yeah, I kind of figured that's who it was. Yeah. Yeah, on the waterfront. Don't bother me. <laughs> Get it out, man. Get it out. <laughs> I gotta freaking sneeze out loud and clear. Uh, on the waterfront, Marlon Brando plays this guy who wanted to be a boxer but didn't work out, so he's working the docks. And it's like this guy, the boss at the docks, pretty much runs this whole community. And uh, something happens where a guy gets killed. Marlon Brando witnesses it, but 
doesn't say anything because why would he? He's just this small fish in this big pond, blah, blah, blah. Meets a priest and the sister of the person who was killed and kind of falls in love with her. And it's just basically just a moral dilemma. What's he going to do? Et cetera, et cetera. But again, it's really, really good. Light, out, light 8 out of 10 for me. Uh, classic for a reason. Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando is awesome. Yeah, he's a great actor. If you didn't know. Now you do. <laughs> and lastly, one that I didn't like quite as much. Uh, Bye Bye Birdie. It's a, I've heard of this. It's a musical. I've even seen some of it. It's a musical about Dick Van Dyke, who's a guy in a in a pop band, I think, and he gets um, drafted for the war. I didn't realize it was a musical, first of all. But I mean, it it's not wasn't bad. I mean, it was passable, just not really yeah. my thing. It's six out of ten. Like it had some pretty cool visual style of showing. It seemed ahead of its time as far as like what it was displaying on screen when the musicals were going on, and Mackenzie liked it. She was into it, so had that going for it. But yeah, so, that's all I got. Mackenzie's seal of approval. That's correct. And a move. She's into YouTube videos, so a movie from the '60s or whatever. That's something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Alright, well that's about do it for that's about do it for us, okay? That's about do it. <laughs> uh coming out in theaters or came out in theaters depending on when I released this, the Divergent series, Allegiant, the third movie in the Divergent franchise. You psyched? Interesting. Sure. Also, to go along with our moval <laughs> into the religious section. Miracles from Heaven comes out in theaters this weekend. Yep, uh, be first in line. <laughs> Jennifer Garner is in that. I saw a trailer for it. Looked terrible, but uh, Jennifer Garner's in it. I'm not seeing it. <laughs> yeah, I really don't like her that much. Yeah, I, yeah, it's just one of the people I never understood the hype. But. Also, one of my most anticipated movies, Midnight Special, which I've heard great things about. It hits limited theaters. Uh, speaking of Michael Shannon, he's in that. I heard he's great. And on Redbox, next week, we'll be reviewing Spectre, the new James Bond movie, as well as Crimson Peak, the new Guillermo del Toro horror movie. Yeah, with, I'm looking forward to these. With the guests. So, definitely want to yeah. stay tuned for that one. I am getting extremely tired, <laughs> but you can email us, the Redbox Report at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter at the Redbox Report. I'm personally on Twitter at the Oil Report. I'm on Twitter at Redbox Reporter. Boom! Like us on Boom. Facebook. Subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Find us wherever you find all of your podcast needs. And on Letterboxd, I am at the Oil Report. And I am Joel. <laughs> we'll see you later. See ya. <laughs>